1: It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit TheRinger.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem? call one gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG.
2: This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more.
1: Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Friday edition of New York, New York. The New York Yankees. The script remains the same. It's the same old song and dance. It's the same old song with a different meaning since you've The Yankees can't hit in Houston. It doesn't matter who's in the lineup. It doesn't matter what the lineup looks like. The script is the same again and again and again and again. Let's be real, folks. If Valdez doesn't fall over his own feet, and doesn't have that issue with the Stanton dribbler, the Yankees get shut out in this game. That was the only offense the Yankees could muster up. Yes, I understand that Aaron Judge just missed a homer in the eighth inning. That's all well and good. Could have, should have, would have. He didn't. I don't make excuses. I don't play the what-if game. Guess what? The game wasn't at Yankee Stadium. The roof was open. Whoop-de-doo. Whether the roof's closed, open. Here's what I know. The Yankees strike out 10 zillion times. They play close games. Great. They're good enough to lose. They're good enough to lose in these first two games against the Astros. Just like they were good enough to lose against the Astros in a regular season. And just like they were good enough to lose against the Astros in 17 and 19. It's the same game. It's the same exact game. There's no moral victories here because what I'm seeing right now on the field is pretty simple. The Astros are a better team. Severino made one mistake tonight. And I know he's mentioning, you know, the idea that the Astros are lucky. And I love Seve. I love his heart. I love his intensity. Seve, you got to stop, man. That's nonsense. You made a mistake to Bregman. Ron Darling, to his credit in the broadcast, was all over it. You need it to keep working, Bregman away. You make a mistake inside, and boom, it goes into the Crawford boxes. Uh, you notice, by the way, the Yankees never hit balls into the Crawford boxes. Never. They never, ever, 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 ever hit balls into the Crawford boxes. But, but the Astros, they they always do. They want it two a series, one or two a game. It's ridiculous. The bottom line with the Yankees is simple. If they don't hit home runs, they have no chance to win. Simple as that. They strike out way too much. We know they have a flawed lineup. I think it's pretty obvious they miss DJ LeMayu and Andrew Benintendi in a monumental way in this series because they're bat-on-ball guys. The Yankees could most certainly use a bat-on-ball guy or two. Well, they don't have those guys. We knew this was going to be a tall order going in. I think the way they was in these games, though, becomes incredibly frustrating. And I got to be honest. Series is not over. The Yankees will have three games at Yankee Stadium, but if you want to feel like the Yankees have a realistic chance to go and win this series, you really want to believe it. The Yankees got to go and pull a 2017 miracle out of their hat like they did the three games against the Astros. That to me is the only way they're winning this series. Because if they're down three games to two, who in their right mind who in their heart of hearts could honestly believe that they're going to go into H-Town and win six and seven on the road? How can you? With the way they've hit, with the way they've played that, that building and that ballpark, no way. Like, got to be real about it. And we could spend time about Donaldson, and I understand he has the double, and he has the walk, and then his at-bats, after that, are pathetic. They're not going to bench him. They thankfully put Peraza at shortstop, and he made two plays in this game. That IKF wouldn't have made in a million years. We know that. What he's going to do offensively, I have no idea. They give Carpenter another shot. Look, I love Carpenter. Somebody brought this up on Twitter. It's a very eerie, similar situation to Edwin Encarnacion a few years ago with the Yankees. He gets hurt. He doesn't look the same when he comes back after the injury. That's kind of what you see with Carp right now. He's he's completely lost. He's 0-7 with seven strikeouts. But, what do you want to see Higgy hit? Why Higgy's hitting seventh? I have no idea. But we could we we could dissect these things until the cows come home. The Yankees didn't hit enough in either game. They struck out way too much. They didn't hit enough home runs. They deserve to be in the predicament that they're in. Down 0-2, and now to be real, you got to win all three of these games. You want a chance of winning this series? You got to win all three of these games. Case closed. All right, let's let it off. Um, who are we gonna put in the leadoff spot tonight? Let's go to. Uh, Justin Floral Park, to start us up. Hi, Justin. How are we doing?
3: Same old story, man. Same fucking nightmare. Okay, this does remind me, though, of 17. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the next three. But, J.J.?
1: Wow, Justin, you're more... I got to be honest, Justin. You're more confident than I am with the idea that they're going to win the next three games. Teen, this is how they lost those games. Those games, if you remember, were tight. Keiko pitched a... And- well, and let's be fair, though. In 19, in 19, the Yankees were close to being up 2-0. Don't forget about that. They lost an extra inning game where Hap gave up a homer um, and then the Yankees returned to Yankee Stadium and played poorly and lost game three and lost game four. See, it's funny, Justin. I think Cole's going to show up and I think Nestor's going to show up. But guess what? The Yankee pitching, despite my critiques with bullpen management, despite my critiques with Aaron Boone taking Severin out of the game, it's not the reason they lost. They strike out a gazillion times. They don't hit home runs. They lose. Simple as that. I wonder if that roof's closed, does that ball go out by judge? Well, that's what Boone was saying. I mean, that's lame, though. You know what? I don't want to hear that as an excuse. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know.
3: It's amazing. They never have that roof open, and then tonight they do. It's just amazing.
1: Naturally. Naturally.
3: They're they're an ass team, uh, but, you know, you got to take the hats off to Houston, man. They get the job done. Those guys are clutch. Those guys. Bregman is a money player. These guys get the job done
4: every time. Guriel, tough out. We don't have guys like that.
1: Justin, if you compare the depth of the Astro lineup to the Yankee lineup, the Astro lineup is better. It's deeper. The guy's at the bottom of the order. Maldonado has killed the Yankees. The Yankees, conversely, have got nothing offensively out of the catcher's position. You look at a guy like Guriel, Guriel, who last year didn't hit in the playoffs, this year he's been a man possessed in the playoffs, and he has good bat after good at bat after good at bat. It feels like one through nine, they got grinders. Whereas the Yankees, you feel like there's a lot of dead weight at the bottom of that order. Dead weight, man. He's getting nothing from the catcher spot.
3: Uh, Donaldson, I know he got a hit today, got it on base, but still, you're not expecting much from him. And, you know, as much as I love, uh, you know, as Wildby, he still looks lost at the plate, man.
1: So, uh, you know, I don't know. Justin, I think it's pretty simple. We'll see what happens. You got to get one. It's one at a time at this point, Justin. Appreciate it, bro. It's one at a time. I, I can't even think about winning the next three. I know that's what the Yankees have to do. They got to win a game. It starts on Saturday. You need a money performance from Cole. Once again, Cole pitching a game where his team's backs are up against the wall because if the Yankees lose game three, this ain't going to be 2004 reincarnated. The Yankees not winning four straight games against the Astros. I mean, give me a break. That is That is not happening. Like, I will be glad I'm not going to Yankee Stadium on Sunday if they lose on Saturday. I'm not going either way, but I'll be happy about the fact I'm not going. Tough to have confidence right now. Very, very tough to have confidence because they're playing a better team. And you got to acknowledge that. Houston's better. They're better across the board. Chris in New Jersey is up next. He joins us. Hi, Chris. How we doing?
5: Uh, JJ, it's going to be a Friday tomorrow, and there are words that I'm bound to say. It's, oh, the pain, my guy. Oh, the pain.
1: Oh, the pain. And uh, Joe Beningo will be joining you in a matter of moments when this is posted as a podcast, just so you know. But
5: okay. That, that I appreciate it. But yeah, I'm just looking at it and it's just an infuriating thing because this team, it's just point blank. They're better than us. I, I, I don't know if I can say anything better. They just grinded bats. You just mentioned earlier, they grind bats way better than the Yankees. The Yankees lineup at the bottom has so much dead weight. And... I really can't criticize pitching, giving up only seven runs across last two innings. Uh, Bullpen allowed no uh, runs this game. I mean, it's just hitting. It's simply hitting. I know this is not like the biggest call of like most analytics, but it's just simple as that.
1: Uh, Amen. And when you strike out 30 times in two games, Chris, it's tough to win. Tough to win. This is where I get annoyed with the folks who make the arguments, oh, you can't win with home runs in the postseason. No, that's incorrect. The Astros won because they hit a three-run homer tonight. Here's the difference. The Astros don't strike out as much as the Yankees. The Astros don't have as many empty at-bats as the Yankees do. You saw what happened when the Yankees put the ball in play. Good things happen. Good things happen. Manny joins us. He's up next. Hi, Manny. How we doing?
6: Today just shows the lack of uh, changing your approach at the plate. And we really miss guys like Ben and DJ right now. Just guys that put balls into play and just make shit happen.
1: I totally agree. Ben Benintendi's absence has been felt in this postseason defensively. He would have been a major asset in this series against the Astros. And I think when Brian Cashman acquired him, quite frankly, he was thinking down the road about this particular series. It really does hurt not having him there. And it hurts not having LeMayu at full strength. Because then you would have a team with Benintendi in the outfield and you would have LeMayu and it would feel like those guys could balance what you have with a judge and with a Stanton and the other power guys that you have in the lineup. It hurts, Manny. It hurts. And that's why we talked about it when Ben and Tendi went down. What a monumental loss I felt it was for this team. Yeah, because we'd have people on base in front of
6: Judge and Stanton and everybody that can hit the, hit it out of the park. And then our solo shots turn to two, two three run homers instead of single, solo shots.
1: And that could be a difference in winning a ball game, Manny, and losing a ball game. I totally understand that. But. Those guys are not here. So, you got to find a way with who's in the lineup. Bader's giving you a spark. Bader continues to give you good at-bats. The catcher's position. And I know Higgy and and Trevino are there for their gloves. They've done nothing all postseason. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Outside of Trevino, hitting a sack fly. Nothing. Could use a little influx there. This is probably putting unfair pressure on the kid. Barraza, it'd be nice for him to, you know, get on base and make something happen. Tough to kill him today. He's facing a great pitcher. The guy's barely played. This is why the Yankees dropped the ball so incredibly by not playing this guy in September. They didn't play him. Anytime they played him, he hit. But they didn't get him regular at-bats when there were clearly opportunities to get him regular at-bats. It's so frustrating. Let's head to Eric, who's up next. Hi, Eric. How are we doing? JJ,
0: totally agree with you on the uh, the Paraza point. That was a, a great opportunity missed miss to get him a lot of at-bats uh, down the stretch. And In t- typical Yankees fashion, they drop the ball when it comes to how they develop their prospects. But I was thinking about this earlier. Right now, the, we are to Houston what Minnesota Twins are to us. They don't fear us, and they always find ways to beat us.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not going to go to that extreme because the Twins are not even competitive in a series they play against the Yankees. The Yankees took the Astros to 7-17. and They took them to 6 in 2019. But if it's a who's your daddy type deal, then yeah, we got to acknowledge the Astros are the Yankees' daddy. I mean, let's own that. They are. They're the daddy right now. They are not afraid of the Yankees. They have the utmost confidence against the Yankees, and until you, this is why, Eric. People, you know, my mom gave me a hard time about this. Uh, a couple of my buddies gave me a hard time about this. How do you pick the Astros to win the series? I go, it's pretty simple. They're a better team, and until I see the Yankees beat the Astros in a series in which it matters, in which it counts, how can I honestly, my heart of hearts, pick the Yankees? How can I do it?
0: No, you're you're spot on, and I think this is the difference with this group versus you know, the the teams from the 90s and the early 2000s that we grew up with was anytime we were down in a game back then we knew that the rally was coming we knew that we were going to find a way to to etch across some runs or or squeak out a, a a dramatic win when Bregman who's been just one of the big yankee killers of my lifetime hits that home run i said there's no way that they're going to get enough base runners or hit a big home run to win this game and that's the difference is i don't have the same confidence i did in the world championship teams uh, from when we grew up with. And that's that's a sad thing. And until something drastic happens, I don't think that there's going to be changes made to get us to that point where we can become that team that we grew up watching. And that's, that's sad. Well,
1: Eric, let's be honest. This has been the same act for the Yankees in the postseason year after year after year against the Astros, against the Red Sox, against the Rays. The common denominator in way too many of those losses has been the flame-outs from the offense. And they're not as right-handed as they used to be. That's a good thing. The way they were set up was bizarre. A guy like Rizzo helps a lot. I think a guy like Ben Attendee would helped a lot. But Houston's better. Even if you had those guys, Houston's better. Let's head to uh, Don. The Don is up next. What's up, buddy?
3: I'm doing all right, JJ. So, yeah, I mean, the, the theme is pretty consistent here across the board. I mean, if you really think about it, Houston's got a better lineup. They got better starting
1: pitching. They got a better bullpen. They got a better manager. You really can't pick one area that the
3: Yankees are better.
1: I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. The only place... I was willing to give the Yankees a potential edge, and it hasn't come through so far in this series, Don, would have been the idea that they would have game-wrecking home runs from the two big guys, from Judge and from Stanton, and that those two guys could go and find a way to carry you and dominate the series. So far that has not happened. Aaron Judge just missed what could have been a home run. That would have been a game-changer. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't want to hear about the roof. I don't want to hear about any of that mumbo-jumbo. I don't want to hear about any of it because point blank bottom line, they did not get it done. Didn't score enough. Didn't hit enough. End of
3: story. And that's a big ask. You know, I mean, I I agree with what you just said, but that's a big ask against a good pitching staff. And you know, this huge Houston pitching staff is good. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we actually did win three games in New York, to be honest with you. There is some
1: resemblances to 2017, but I I have no confidence that they can actually even win a game um, in Houston. How, what, about this? Like, how crazy is it that Altuve
3: hasn't even gotten a hit yet and we still lost both games?
1: Uh, Altuve hasn't gotten a hit. They've done a great job of keeping your Don Alvarez in check. And yet here we are. Guess what? The Yankees are in a position where they're down 2-0 for goodness sakes, Don. They're down 2-0 with nothing from Alvarez and nothing from Altuve. You know, it's only a matter of time before those guys get going. You know it and I know it. Bradley is up next. What's up, Bradley? How we doing?
3: Same shit, different night. You know how you feel.
1: Yeah, it's rough, man. Listen, playing this Astro team is not fun. It's kind of this like never-ending story in the month of October. You want it to be different. You want to believe it's going to be different. And it's not different. It's just same, it. Bradley, I know I'm repeating myself here. So for anybody who is in the Spotify Live, who heard me say this yesterday, I apologize. It is the exact same game that you're watching over and over again. It's it's over and
7: over again, and
1: you look at the and
3: you look at the Astros too. Every everything about them is better from the front office all the way down to their minor league system. Everything is just like better, and it's just like it, every time we face them, it's just it it's just the same shit over and over again, and. Maybe we can win two games in the Bronx, maybe, but there. let's face it. There is no shot they can win Houston if, it, if they can force a game six, if they can. Listen,
1: at this point, Bradley, my hope is win on Saturday. Like, win on Saturday and get it to Sunday. And that means monster effort from Cole. And that means, simply put, the Yankees have got to out-Homer the Astros. That's it. If you're waiting for this team to string together four or five hits in an inning, good luck. Nobody in baseball does that anymore, and the Yankees sure as hell are not going to be the team to do so. So, got to hit the long ball, folks. Got to hit the long ball. Let's head to, uh, where are we going to go? Let's go to Gino. What's up, Gino? How are we doing?
0: JJ, not good, man. Um, it's just so deflating, I feel like. It's like you've been saying. It's the same, same story every year against these Astros. Um, I got, we all thought the judge one was out. Um, same thing. I don't want to hear about the roof. Got to get, got Cole's got to show up Saturday and, and we'll go from there. But it's, it is tough to envision them win four out of five, but what are your, what's your confidence level the rest of the series? I know you Oh, uh, not
1: good. Not good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat a Gino. Not good. Um, it wasn't, and Gino, quite frankly, it wasn't particularly high going into the series because of all of the prior history that the Astros have had. Against the Yankees.
0: Yeah. And real quick, what's your thoughts on Severino's pitch to Bregman? Like, why do you?
1: Big mistake. No, it was a big mistake. I don't know whose call that was. I don't know if it was Seve's call. I don't know if it was Higgy's call. They had Bregman on the outside portion of the plate. Why they decided to go inside, I have no idea. He missed the spot by a mile. And Bregman made him pay.
0: Hopefully the Finns bring us something on Sunday night because Yankees aren't uh, aren't looking too good. Well, uh, right now,
1: Gino, I'm expecting the worst. I mean, think about it. Best case scenario, the Yankees are down two to one as I'm watching that game Sunday night. Best case. That's if things go well on Saturday. I mean, my goodness. If the Yankees lose on Saturday, that is gonna be a funeral at Yankee Stadium on Sunday. That'll be a morgue of a ballpark. It's gonna be a very tense crowd Saturday. I can sense it. I can feel it already. But if they're down 3-0, I've been in that building when the Yankees are facing elimination. This goes for any of the teams now in New York. This is like the new trend now with tickets and whatnot. People don't want to go when you're down 3-0 and 3-1. Now, I'll be there, not Sunday. Sunday, no matter what happens, I'm not going. But on Monday, I'll be there. If they're down 3-1, I'll be there. It's 2-2, and I'll be giddy if it's 2-2. I'll be there. Saturday and Monday. That's, that's, That's what I got in me, okay? I know I'm going to bring it. I can't say the same for the Yankee lineup. I cannot. Richard is up next. What's up, Rich? How we doing? Going on, JJ. Richard, I'm uh, I'm okay, man. Beaten down. Uh, I I can't say I'm surprised though. I got to be honest. I can't say I'm surprised.
6: Listen, we've seen them do this in 2017. We have Cole on the mound in Game Three, so we have an ace going, and then we have Nestor in Game Four. But I don't know if you saw us, but Sunday Monday is supposed to be rain, which could give you Nestor. Nestor on full rest and then give Severino a full day rest to go in game five.
1: Well, Nestor right now is going to be on full rest no matter what. Because think about it. He is Even if Garakul and Nestor come out and shove, who are you pitching in? Yeah, well, forget... For, forget, forget about that. Forget about that. How are they going to score runs? Uh, you know what's funny? I'm not even, Richard, concerned right now with the pitching and how it's going to line up because the Yankees are going to hit.
6: Yeah, and is also eventually going to hit. That's why I'm concerned about.
1: Oh, yeah, you know it. You know it. The, these idiots are going to be chanting the F. Altuve chant. It's going to be loud in the first inning, and then boom, Altuve is going to deposit one in the left center field. I, I can, I can smell it from a mile away, bro, a mile away. Who
6: hitting Yankee Stadium against the
1: Astros. Well, that's Richard. That's the hope. They better, they better. And it, it, I can't make it any more simplistic than this. They have to out homer their opponent. If they think they're going to win games with Houston out homering them, that ain't happening. And guess what? In these first two games, what has been the common theme? Who has out-homered the opponent? The Astros have done it in both games of this series. Just saying. Made no sense. And and listen, I saw the lineup, Richard, full disclosure. My first thought was great. Peraz amazing. And even Bader in the leadoff spot. I didn't love it. You guys kind of were like convincing me it's a good idea. I said, all right, everybody wanted Bader in the little spot. They got their wish. Great. The problem is Higgy in the seventh spot. Not that it's Waldo Oswald did anything, but I don't want Higgy in the seventh spot. Now, what they're going to do with the lineup in game three, my guess, Waldo in the outfield, Peraza in short, Stanton DH. I do not want to see I out. The only way I want to see IKF is he's playing for Donaldson. That's it. That's the only way. Morris is up next. What's up, Morris? How are we doing?
6: One word that I have to use for this team it's disappointed right now. The bats don't show up. Is somebody going to tell Judge and Stanton that we're playing playoff baseball? You can't expect the guys 7-9, through nine, Higashioka, Peraza, Cabrera, two young guys, and Higashioka who never hit throughout the season to show up. You got to rely on the big bats, and obviously Judge and Stanton throughout the whole postseason have not done that.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I don't want to hear the excuses either. I don't want to hear about the roof. I don't want to hear about the Judge close call. I don't want to hear about the hard hit balls in the first and the second inning. I don't want to hear it. Get it done. The results are not there. Just like 17, just like 19, here we are again, and the results are not there, Morris.
6: And it's a shame because we're getting good outings from our pitching. We're getting good and strong outings from our pitching. But honestly, Judge, if he doesn't perform throughout this whole playoffs, what the hell is this? Just he had a sixty-two home run season. So what,
1: Morris? If he doesn't hit, they got no prayer. And we said it. We said it right after the Cleveland series. Judge and Stanton. And maybe this is unfair. And maybe this is unreasonable. But when you're not the better team, you need guys to be insane. You, you, you need judges stand to go on one of those monster tears that they are capable of doing. They're capable of giving you that. Well, they're going to have to if they're going to get back in this series.
6: 100%, 100%. And one other thing, I want to just cut Martin Maldonado's fucking hand off every single time that guy frames a pitch because he, it's not like he sits there for a second. It's for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. And you know what? That's what a good catcher does, but it's annoying to watch on the
1: Yeah, listen. He's a pin in the ass, Morris. I'm not going to lie. He's a pin in the ass. But you know what? I said that respectively. I said that with a whole lot of love and a whole lot of respect. Because that guy's a gamer. You know, Syosset brought that up on one of his calls back in the summer. The way he handles the pitching staff, and now he's getting big hits. I mean, he's had a bunch of big hits against the Yankees the first two games. Gets on base. It's crazy.
2: This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. Ready
6: to find your next favorite podcast? Spotify makes it easier than ever to discover new favorites by previewing short audio clips before committing to a full listen. You can even watch some podcasts with video or just keep playing audio in the background. It's everything you want in one app. Music, podcasts, and audiobooks across any device. Play anytime, anywhere, any way you'd like with Spotify.
1: Try today. Andy in the Bronx. What's up, Andy?
4: How the fuck did we strike out 13 times tonight, JJ? I
1: mean, are you surprised, Andy? I struck out 30 times in two games in this series.
4: After 30. that embarrassing performance of 17 strikeouts, where is the urgency? Where is the desire to get a split in Houston, bro?
1: Well, where's the power? See, you mentioned you mentioned desire. Where, where's the where's the beef? Where's the power, Andy? You know how this team is built. If they don't hit home runs, they're not going to win. But here, but here's the dirty little secret. The Astros hit home runs, but they don't strike out as much as the Yankees because they have more grinders in their lineup and their approach at the plate is better than the Yankee approach at the plate. Period.
4: And, and where's the analytic department to fucking say to this organization that we need home field advantage? You know, every fucking time we lose to Houston, they have home field advantage. You know, Houston knows they, they could lose to the Yankees 20 to nothing three straight. Guess what? It's coming back to Houston.
1: Yeah, Andy, listen, the Yankees punted away an opportunity to get home for the Vantage midway through the summer. Uh, Then it got to a point where, let's be honest, the Astros are a better team. You know, can we acknowledge that? Can we be fair about that? The Astros are better. Like, the Yankees were sizable underdogs in Vegas going into this series. They were sizable underdogs after one loss going into this series. I can't imagine what the service price is going to be right now. I, ca- I honestly can't even imagine. Outrageous. Let's head to um, AJ from Syosset. We have another SIASA caller. I love it. What's up, AJ? How we doing?
6: How you doing, JJ? I'm, uh, I'm frustrated. Here's my my biggest issue. Listen, Houston is not only a better team, they're a much better team. They are a much better organization we've seen the last seven years. Um, if I see Josh Donaldson at in, in the batter's box again, I'm going to lose my shit. It's got to be IKF. I'm done with him. And, and here's my biggest thing. And I hate to say it. I love number 99. I love Judge, the best season I've ever seen. He's one for eight in the ALCS. He was terrible against the Guardians. I know he hit two home runs. It meant nothing though. Listen, Judge, I'm sorry. He has been terrible and he's letting us down.
1: Uh, He's got to be better. You know what, AJ? You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. And it's unfair to expect Aaron Judge to be superhuman. But in one of these years, he's got to give you that, like, A Rod like
3: postseason. He's got to do it, and he hasn't done it. Maybe it's going to happen at Yankee Stadium,
1: but I don't want to hear about close calls. I don't want to hear about the roof. I don't hear about Exit Velocity. I really don't. I'm not in the mood. Let's head to Elmhurst. Charlie's up next. Hi, Charlie. What's going on, buddy? Hey,
8: JJ. I'm, I'm about to check it. About as it gets. Because it's the same old movie that I keep seeing.
1: That's the problem, Charlie. It's one thing to be down two zero. It's two zero and the script and the games and the way they're being played. It, it, it's just... It's, it's insufferable, man. It's insufferable.
8: I mean, like I said, this team never... Will- gets get a lead and play their game. And we have. I have no idea going to Yankee Stadium game three. And we have no idea. I know Colts not show up, but like this offense is like, is so like, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's how, uh-huh. I mean, I think Houston, Houston Astros, like I think this seems better than the 2017, 2019, especially the pitching depth. Oh,
1: the pitching is better. It's not, to me, it's not even close. Their bullpen, Charlie, which was an issue for them in prior postseasons, especially in 2017 when they had to go and bring McCullers and Morton out of the bullpen. Now, Presley, Montero, Neris, they got arms galore that they bring out of the bullpen. And every starter is good. I mean, they go from Verlander to Valdez. McCullers goes in game three. Then they got the guy Garcia who no hit the Yankees. They got him. Uh, your quiddy can't even get a start. He'd be Game Three starter for the Yankees at this point. I mean, it's they got an embarrassment of riches with the pitching staff. They do.
8: Yes, I mean Javier is the one who was that uh, total no hitter.
1: Javier, my mistake. Garcia, Javier—they're all really good. I—I I was tracked. They're all really good.
8: And and the player development on that side is much better. And the fact that JJ, I—I I, the Monday night game when the Giants lost to the Cowboys, I said it like I, I'm bothered by playing. I seen playing and. I told you, I shouldn't should play Peraza.
1: You're right about that, Charlie. Because you know what? I am not. I, I don't want to blame Peraza for not hitting today. He's in a brutal spot. He's barely played. They've given him an opportunity because he's an athlete. He's got a much better glove. And ICAF is an absolute stiff. So that's why he's getting an opportunity to play. But they didn't give him any chance to get in a groove, get in a rhythm, get comfortable in the month of September when they really could have.
8: And one nugget. Uh, ESPN Stat Info. Yeah, uh, dating back the regular season, nine straight games, uh, Yankees have less than six hits in a game. That's like longest in franchise history.
1: Charlie, not surprising. They don't homer. They don't win. Case closed, folks. Case closed. Joey is up next. He joins us. Hi, Joey. How we doing?
3: JJ, hey, thanks for taking my call, buddy.
1: Joey, my pleasure. What's up, man?
3: Here's a question for you. Sure. Who's our leader in the in the clubhouse? Who's the guy that's going to sit there and look at everybody as a man and say, look, we need to get out there and we need to do something. Take good at-bats, not sit there and look at two pitches right down the pike and then swing it at an 0-2 curve ball in the dirt. Who's that guy? It's not Judge.
1: Uh, it's Rizzo. Rizzo's, Rizzo's the leader of the team. Uh, Judge is a leader in his own right. But as far as the guy who has been there, done that, and has played on a champion, it's Anthony Rizzo. And by the way, Joey, he's the only guy on the team that you'll notice changes his approach with two strikes. Nobody else does, but he will change up the approach and be a professional hitter. Yankees could use a little more of that, just saying.
3: No, you're looking at these guys, uh, you know, with the Padres and the, and the Phillies and everything like that they're getting production from six to nine down, down in the, in the order we're getting nothing. And we're not getting our guys up in the top of the lineup that are freaking knocking it over the wall. So I, I just, I, you know, I don't know what to do. Blow up this team, you know, get rid of Cashman. He, he put it, he put it together. It's just, it's frustrating. right
1: Well, now. listen, Joey, we'll say, we will, we will save those conversations for maybe as soon as Sunday. Uh, maybe it's Monday or Tuesday. Like I'll save the postmortem for when the team, is officially eliminated. I, I don't want to go there yet. The Yankees thought this was going to be the year. Make no mistake. They thought this was going to be the year they could get the Astros. They don't look closer than they did in 17. They look further away. And that's with better starting pitching and a different field to the lineup they're still not good enough. They're still not good enough. Am I wrong? Are the Yankees good enough to beat this Houston team four out of five times or four out of six times? Right now, I'd be putting my money on no. Let's head to Jake who joins us. Hi, Jake. How we doing?
6: So I just got to say, um, I'm just so pissed that we're putting, you know, Donaldson and Hickey at the 6-7 and Peraza and Waldo at 8-9. You know, it's like, like Higgy and Donaldson are doing nothing. Meanwhile, uh, Barraza and Waldo are just spark plugs for this team and I just don't get it
1: I didn't understand the idea of hitting Tiggy seventh in the order he came up in a couple of big spots the, the love affair Jake with the love affair with Donaldson is brutal but here's the problem what's the alternative it's IKF I mean another guy who's an absolute stiff so in, in reality here's the problem Jake the Astros are a deeper better flat out more complete lineup are they not?
6: Oh, yeah. One one to nine, you're expecting at least one to two hits every game. That's bottom line. No question.
1: And that's a problem for the Yankees, Jake. So uh, people are going to ask me, how did the Yankees get back in this series? To me, it's simple. They need their top guys to hit the ball out of the ballpark. You want to keep it simple? That keeps it simple, folks. Their top guys have to hit the ball out of the ballpark.
6: Yeah, either that or just keep, getting, keep stringing singles and doubles together and just start.
1: But they're not going to see. Here's the problem with that, though, Jake. Good call. They're not going to do that. They're not built that way. The the pitching is too good. They're not stringing together four and five hits in an inning. Maybe they'll do that once or twice in the series if you're lucky. They're not built that way. They got a homer. The excuses that are coming out of the Yankees tonight are embarrassing. From Severino to Higgy to
3: Boone, they're embarrassing. Shut up and play. Shut up and do something about it. Please. Can't take
1: the excuses. Let's head to Ian, who's up next. He joins us. Hi, Ian. How we doing, man?
3: JJ, what's going on?
1: Ian, what's up, man? What's happening? Man? JJ,
3: I got to give you credit, man. I don't know how you go on y these nights and not just blow a gasket. This shit is awful.
1: Well, I mean, listen, I I, I, try to, I try to keep it as contained as we can, bro. I mean, I can't be dropping F-bombs on live television. Uh, you know, I haven't even dropped one on here today. It just goes to show you, sometimes I'm in a mood to drop them. Other times, I'm not. Um. Yeah, dude, it's, it's exhausting playing the Astros in these games because you know exactly how the game... Bro, the minute Bregman hit that homer, you, I, and everybody else knew the game was over, dude. It was over.
3: Yeah. And JJ, so the first thing you you mentioned about the series price, the Yankees are five and a half to one right now.
1: I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put a cent on that series price right now. You couldn't give me money to put Yankees five, five and a half to one right now. Who? That's a donut. You know what, Ian? Let's be honest. That line tells you it's a donation. That's exactly what that line tells you right now. It's an absolute donation.
3: A hundred percent. The other thing, JJ, everybody's saying, well, you know, 2017 sort of a similar situation. Here's the difference in 2017, there was no expectation.
1: Big difference. Big difference, and you're absolutely right about that. If they had lost in four or five games that year to the Astros, everyone would have said it's a good year, it's a good learning experience, there's a lot to be proud of. Like there nobody would have complained about that. It is a totally different vibe now when you're knocking at the door in the playoffs for a bunch of different years and you don't
3: win. And I and I completely agree with you, JJ. Like the, the excuses that are coming out. I, I hear the Benny thing, I hear the you thing. They have the guys to hit and they've shown they can hit. They don't do it when it matters. Judge suspect number one. I mean, the idea, and I don't give a shit about batting average, Josh Donaldson has the third highest batting average in the postseason right now. Think about that. That's absurd. And he's been awful. He's been awful. But here's the problem,
1: Ian. You look at the Astro lineup at the bottom of the order. Guys are wrecking the game. McCormick did it game one. Gurriel can do it. Even Dopey Maldonado was finding a way to get on base. The Yankee guy, outside of Bader, nobody at the bottom of the Yankee order has done that.
3: And, and to your point, even if Cole shoves on Saturday, which I expect him to, they can't hit. They cannot hit. It's it's uh, it's it's infuriating. It's the same shit every year. And it's at the point now where it's like, do you even do you even want to bring Judge back? Because maybe you just gotta break the whole thing down and start over.
1: And you know, Ian, it's that's a tough pill to swallow when you're in the American League Championship Series, though. Two of the last four years, and you're in the playoffs every year. That's a that's a tough pill to swallow. And you're the Yankees. I don't think you can approach it that way. But, clearly, Aaron Judge has been on the team since 17. Never won. Not all his fault, clearly. be nice to have him go on one of these runs in the postseason. Even the way Stanton did against Tampa. You know, Judge has never done that in the playoffs. He's never done that. There's no time like the present. We'll take a couple more. I'm, like, disgusted, as you can tell. Steven joins us. What's up, Steven? How we doing?
3: JJ, same as everyone else.
1: Uh, yeah, we're bummed, man. This is a tough one tonight. You know what? It's not even an angry crowd. It's a more dejected, depressed, sad Yankee crowd. You know what I mean, dude? That's kind of the way it feels right now. It's very, very sad right about this
3: ball because we almost expected it, man. It's.
1: I mean, I wasn't confident, Steven. I don't know. I don't know how you felt going into this series. I, I wasn't confident.
3: Yeah, no, I- I'm not confident. I wasn't confident. I thought your six game prediction was. Is probably spot on, but it, it's obviously on the offense. But I just I'm sitting there every game in this playoffs, and you know the whole season, 82 pitches. You're taking this guy out. Like let's say somehow we did tie the game, we get and and we go into extras. We're using all of our bullets. Severino had two more innings, in my opinion.
1: I think he at least had another inning, Steven, He definitely had the bottom of the sixth. But again, I don't even want to make that the overarching theme of today's game. Because guess what? He didn't get to the bottom of the ninth inning because, once again, the Yankees can't score.
3: Yep. No, it's the same story. And I'm going on Sunday, and I'm just hoping. And I live in Virginia, so I'm driving to go to this thing. I'm just hoping that I'm not going to see them losing a sweep.
1: Yeah, listen, uh, 3-0 down, being in the ballpark. You know, I'm trying to think if I've ever been in the ballpark when the Yankees are down 3-0. No, I have not. Because the only time they were down three zero in a championship series was against Detroit, and that was on the road. I've been in a ballpark twice when they were down three one. They beat Texas in twenty ten. I was there. CC pitched, and then I went in twenty nineteen. The Aaron Hicks off the foul pole game against Verlander. Th- those are the two. All right, let's head to Josh who joins us. What's up, big guy? How you doing?
6: Uh, you know, whatever. So, JJ. I, here's the thing, everybody's talking about oh, Bench Donaldson or Bench Higgy. Who are you going to replace him
3: with?
1: Well, that's the problem. It's Trevino. It's Trevino or Higgy. Or it's IKF or Donaldson, if you're playing the kid. Point
3: blank. What, what's the point?
1: Well, I don't, This, I, you know what? I'm not even going to fight you on that. You want to tell me you get a little more contact in the lineup with IKF? Maybe you can make that argument. You're also going to lose a little bit on defense. I know the guy was a gold glove third baseman. His defense is so broken right now. His arm is so broken right now. I don't know if moving to third base is going to help him gain confidence. Um, Look, this is not about IKF or Donaldson or Higgy. It's about the big guys. The big guys have got to carry this team. It might be unfair. It might be unreasonable. It might be unrealistic. But Josh, that's how they're winning. The big guys don't show up at Yankee Stadium over the next three nights. Then uh, Betty Bye, winter nap time for the Yankees.
7: JJ, think about this for a second. This team, the Houston Astros,
6: lost Garrett Cole, Correa, and Springer in a, what, two to three-year span? And then they just pick up right where they left off.
1: Yeah, and they keep smoking the Yankees. Doesn't matter. Because their organization finds ways to get it done. They cultivate and develop and work with young pitchers. Look at what their pitching looks like with the veterans and the young guys. Their lineup, they lose a guy like Correa. Boom, in comes Peña. The guy's a legit player. And it's probably going to be their shortstop for the next seven, eight years. That's what winners do, bro. That's what they do.
6: I can't, man. I just hope I get to see you this Saturday at the Bodega. Maybe your, your our energy from last time could bring a spark or something.
1: Well, listen, that Josh, we'll try, bro. I mean, here's going to be my dilemma on Saturday. I would like to get there. I'm not doing TV, so I can go and have a pop or two at the Bodega. I got a Syracuse-Clemson game. So, timing is going to be a little dicey. It's going to be very, very dicey. All right, I'm going to take two more to our buddy, Scotty. What's up, Scotty?
3: let say another. This is like watching Jaws the Revenge. It's just, you know how it's going to end. They're going to kill the shark. Well, the Yankees are like the shark. They're going to get killed. Everybody's beat up, man.
1: I, I, I can sense it, Scotty. You're down. I'm down. Everybody's down right now. Everybody's down.
3: Somebody get fucked. I watch a porn out rather than the Yankees, but you know what? And it's just amazing where I'm saying this to everybody in my family. The, the Astros got a different manager, a different GM, and the Yankees got the same, uh, the same stenots there. It's unbelievable. You know,
1: Scotty, what ends up happening here, if the Yankees lose this series in four or five games, could end up being in many ways, bro. worst case scenario for a lot of us who want to see change you're not going to get it I mean listen I'd rather see them win I mean Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman can stay for another five years if they win the World Series this year it's fine by me despite my criticisms of both of them in certain instances and occasions I want them to win but with them winning a division series and a division title this year then I'm making changes get over it it's not happening but You're right about Houston. It isn't a GM. It is a new manager. Now, their guys got ousted because of much different reasons. had nothing to do with performance. had everything to do with the nonsense off the field. But, you know, the Astros have been in the ALCS every single year since 2017. 17, 18, 19, 20, which was a fluke year. 21, 22. They're a better organization than the Yankees. Across the board, they're better.
3: Last one. Let's go to Zach. What's up, Zach? How are we doing? Yes, Zach. Zach.
1: It's a good picture, by the way. It's Taylor Swift with Carmelo and Amari. That's not bad. I got you. That's a good picture. Where'd you find that, by the way?
3: Oh, yeah, I was, I just was looking and
7: I don't know, I'm a big Knicks fan. And I remember that year was just kind of just one of the dumps as
3: soon as, uh, T Swift uh, released that album. So,
1: oh, did it really? I was gonna say T Swift. I thought it'd be good luck for the Knicks. I guess not. What can I say? I guess not. Anyway,
3: I'm just, I'm just really down, JJ. It's just you. Just see this kind of like deja vu all over again, and it's just. I mean, it's really tough. Even
8: though we've got Cole Game Three, Nestor Game Four, but it's they just can't hit.
1: Yeah, when you strike out thirty times in two games. It's tough to say that the confidence, Zach, is where it needs to be. The confidence most certainly is not where it needs to be. 30 strikeouts in two games. And guess what? No homers in game two and a couple of solo shots in game one. That's not a winning avenue for the Yankees to win. You guys were terrific as always. We have an off night on Friday. Thank goodness. I need it. I'm playing golf. It'll be relaxing. It'll be therapeutic. We're back Spotify Live. I'm going to be at the game probably about 40 minutes after the last out is recorded. We'll hop on here. We'll post it as a pod. New York, New York, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. A football Friday portion of the show. Old school, new school with Beningo or dice cats. It's all coming up next.
5: This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes,
1: Yankee reaction was outstanding. Now it's time for our Football Friday festivities. It's old school, new school. Another winning week from our main man, Joe Beningo. But before we get to the picks, before we get Joe's thoughts on the Yankees and the Astros, Joe told me right before we started, Mm -hmm. he has a statement. So Joe, fire away. The floor is yours, sir.
4: Okay, Elijah Moore, if you don't want to be here, you want to be traded, then trade him. Goodbye. See you. Go. Okay? All right? You're not helping us win. You haven't done anything. In the four games we've won, you've done absolutely nothing to help us win the game. We don't need you, okay? If you got an issue because you're not getting the ball thrown to you enough, then see you. Goodbye. You get a high pick for this guy. There's a lot of teams that need receivers. The Giants need receivers. The Packers need receivers. I think even Kansas City would use them because they missed Tyreek Hill. So you will get a decent pick for this guy. At minimum, third-round pick. You probably could get a second rounder for them. If you don't want to be here, trade them right freaking now,
1: Joe, I totally feel the same way as you. The Jets are cooking right now. They've won three yep. games in a row. Everybody's feeling great in Jetland. It's the most giddy I've heard you regarding the football team. As long as I've known you, Joe, think about oh, that for a minute. I've, I've known never you seen now this. a decade. That conversation we had the other night, Never. I don't it. think I've ever heard you that no. optimistic about the team. So, like, you got all these good vibes going. You're winning games. The team yeah. is scoring yeah. points, playing defense, running the football. Hey, Elijah Moore, you got to bite your tongue, man. I don't want to hear you if the team is winning. If they're losing, sure, you can vent right. your frustrations. Right. Not when the team is kicking ass, bro.
4: No, no, get, get them out. Uh, at the very least, I would not. I would deactivate him this week. Activate Mims. Okay, say what you want about Mims. He asked for a trade. He's been on. Uh, he's been inactive all year. hasn't 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 said a word. He hasn't made a peep about it. Okay, I'd activate him this week. Sit more if he doesn't want to. If he's going to complain, but I would get rid of him. And you'll get
1: it. Like I said, you'll get minimum a third round pick for this guy. Minimum. So before we do the picks, Broncos yeah. this week, and I know you're not going to include them. Because we yes. talked about this on the phone the other day. Joe made it perfectly clear. Not touching Jet games. Not no. putting my juju on it. Not no. going to touch the money. But no. let's be honest, Joe. Four and two now. Convincing yeah. win. Not a fluky yeah. win. Convincing no. win against the Kick Packers. And now they play a Denver team with a beat up Russell Wilson that's looked awful all year. Joe, this is another winnable game for the Jets. Very winnable. Look,
4: they're better. Here's the bottom line, Jay. They're the better team. I mean, I agree. And, and that's just. That's just the way it is, okay? They're only a one-point underdog in this game, which tells you a lot about what Vegas really thinks of this game. And I understand it's a desperation game for for Denver. I mean, Denver's sitting there at 2-4. and four. They're getting ready to, you know, 2-5. and five. They're on their way to disaster. It year again. You know, they paid all this money for Wilson, the trade and all of that. Um, they can't score any points. They got a good defense. I'm not knocking defensively. They're a good team. You know, Bradley Chubb, those guys, they got some good guys on the defensive side of the football. They can get to the passer and all that kind of thing. But offensively, they got nothing. They've scored less points than any team in football. There is no reason that this team, the Jets, shouldn't go in there and steamroll them. I'm going to tell you right now, they're the much better team. Now, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to make any picks. I'm not, like you said, I'm not going to jinx my team. with Not touching the money.
1: I understand it, bro. You're not touching the money. But I tell
4: you, bro, I fully expect them to win the game. I got to tell you, fully
1: expect. And I'm not going to fight you on that. It won't be one of my five plays for the week, but I would pick the Jets. If I were picking this game right, right. now, there's no way in the world I'm taking a Broncos. So, Joe, for you and I last week, winning weeks, you got me yes. heads up in the Giant Baltimore game. We both end up at three and two. I'm back at 500 at 15 and 15. You, sir, are at 16, 12 and two. So, right. in the lead at the T box, the floor is yours, sir. First pick, fire away.
4: I'm going back. This team has been good to me, man. I I was on them the last two weeks. I was dead on. They stuck it to the Packers. They stuck it to the Ravens, two of the most overrated teams in the NFL. The Packers stink. The the Ravens are just overrated. I like the Giants getting three in Jacksonville. I'm sorry. I'm riding them until I see it not happening. This Jaguar team is not very good. Let's be real, okay? We've seen them blow a couple big leads already this year. That lead they blew to Philadelphia. They lost to the, the lousy Houston Texans, Texans, who may be the worst team in the NFL. I think the Giants are on a roll. People are, people are looking at the Giants still as the Giants have been for the last, you know, five, six, seven years. This is not the same team anymore. I don't see them. I don't see the Giants losing to a team they're better than, and they're better than the Jaguars. And then you throw in also the Doug Peterson thing. Remember how Peterson holds them? A couple years ago, when they could have won the division, when at six and ten, and had the Eagles basically laid down in that game against Washington to give the division to Washington, I'm sure you know there's still some guys on the team. I'm sure John Mara is thinking along those lines. I'll tell you that. I love the Giants getting three. I think they win the game outright and go to six and one. That's pick number one.
1: Well, Joseph, I have to give you credit. We were heads up in the Giant Packer game. You were victorious. We were heads up in the Giant-Raven game. You were victorious. You can make the argument right now. The difference in our picks for the year is you nailing Giant games and me going the other way. Well, guess what, Joe? I'm going going against against you one more time. The third time's the charm. If you lose this time, you
4: got to stop now. I I, I promise you this.
1: (laughs) If you pick the Giants again next week, and Jacksonville does not cover this week, I am done Picking against the Giants. I vow, I, I vow, I vow I am done, but I don't like this spot. First of all, historically speaking, for whatever the reason, the Giants historically have laid eggs in Jacksonville. A couple of different occasions. Mm-hmm. They had the John Mara meltdown game when Tom Coughlin was on the sideline a few years ago. I know totally different teams and totally different rosters, but that's fresh in my mind. And I think this point spread, more than anything, Joe, is telling in this game the 5 and 1 giants are getting 3 points against the 2 and 4 jacksonville jaguars and forget about home field now that narrative of 3 points it doesn't exist home field advantages are not the same number one number two that'll be 60 to 70% giant fans in mm-hmm. jacksonville mm-hmm. jacksonville has absolutely no fans right. so right. forget about that angle i just think this line is too good to be true and my instincts are kicking in We'll see if the Giants burn me again. But I saw this line. It opened the way it did, and it moved the way it did. I'm going against you here, bro. We'll see if there's a family play. But once again, third straight week, we are heads up on a Giant game because I'm taking the Jaguars minus the throw. Let me, let, me,
4: let me just throw a couple more things in here about this game. If I'm not mistaken, this is where Daniel Jones had his breakout game against the Jaguars a few years ago. Oh, uh, Tampa.
1: No, Tampa. Oh, that
4: was Tampa. Tampa. Okay, so I'm worried about Sparty, that. Florida, you were in the right state. You are right, in the right, right state. Right, right. right. Um the other thing I was going to say about this game, no, I, get my, I might have slipped my mind here a little bit, but I oh no—I See, I think the Giants are still looked at as the Giants of the last number of years. I think is going right? to be that said for that. That's fair. Nobody's buying them yet and still thinks that this is a fluke. And I don't see this as a fluke. And I, and I think that Brian Dable was playing this off. I, 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 like I said, I love the Giants in this game. We'll see how it plays out. You are
1: all in on the Giants. <laughs> Listen, they've been good to you. I'm not going to yep. fault you on that. They've been really, really good to you, yep. Jeff. So heads up, out of the gate.
4: Okay. So oh, so that's me. So we're back to game two now because that's the first game. I right, game two, I'm taking the Bengals laying six and a half at home against the Falcons. I think they blow them out. You know the Falcons. The Falcons had a nice win, lap big win last week over the uh, another one of the most overrated teams in football, the San Francisco 49ers. They're sitting there at three and three. Tied for first in the division with another one of the most overrated teams in football, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I, I think the Bengals are killing them. The Bengals are a good team. I think the Bengals are, even though they're 3 and 3, I think the Bengals are the best team in their division. I think they're going to win the division. I know they lost a tough game to Baltimore a couple weeks ago, but I still think that they're the best team in the division. I think they're the most talented in the division. I think they're the best quarterback in the division. And Burrow, you got Jamar Chase, you got Higgins, you got Mixon. They got a lot of guys. I don't love their defense. I think, I think Atlanta's, you know, Arthur Smith, they've been doing it with mirrors with Marcus Maravillota you know, to be 500 right now. This is a tough spot for Atlanta coming off a win last week. I love the Bengals laying six and a half at
5: home.
1: Well, Joseph, we were heads up in game one. We are riding together, my man, in game number two because I love Cincinnati as well. And did you right. know the Atlanta Falcons are the only team right now in the NFL that is undefeated against the spread.
4: Is that true? It is six and all
1: against the spread. I did not know that. Atlanta has covered every game this year. So you know what that means. People find out about that. They get wind of that. And they're right, like, oh, right, I want to keep right. riding the train. I want to keep sticking with the Atlanta Falcons. You nailed it about this spot. It is a brutal spot for Atlanta. They got to go on the road. Cincinnati has a very physical front. Cincinnati is going to feast off the fact that Atlanta is missing some guys in the secondary. That is not a team that you want to be missing guys in the secondary against when they got Jamar Chase and they got T. Higgins who can do what they can do. Cincinnati's defense has been magnificent in the third quarter this year. That's something to watch in this game. That's where they've kind of pulled away from certain opponents. I'm in on the Bengals. I think they're going to give you a complete effort. And I just love the number in this game too, Joe. I love, I love, I love the number. This yep. is double-digit win for the Bengals. So you and I together, my friend, we'll lay the six and a half.
4: Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, game three, this is going to be a little weird pick here. Okay, call me crazy. I'm taking the Panthers getting eleven at home against Tampa. I I don't I I think Tampa's got a lot of problems. I I think that you know you saw it again last week. They lost to Pittsburgh. Brady's all you know. All messed up here. I think he's got issues. I think the thing with his wife is a problem. I I really do. I think you also see that the team is really not that good. Todd Bowles is not the greatest coach in the world. You know that. And I know the Panthers aren't any good. I mean, I understand that. I'm not. And the the kid Walker is starting again this week. I get all of that. But I just, this is more of a, and I don't think they would win the game. I don't think they're winning the game. But you're getting 11 points. And this is more of an indictment against Tampa then obviously a, a pro because Carolina may be the worst team in the league right now, one and five. I mean, they probably are. So, but I'm taking the 11. I just got a feeling it's a division game. I think the Panthers are going to play them tough. And I just don't think the Bucks are as good as their reputation is. Give me the Panthers plus 11 at home against Tampa.
1: I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, I would never in a million years lay 11 with Tampa with the way they look. They nope. were terrible last week yep. against the Steelers. Yep. Absolutely dreadful. Um, mm. You want to tell me they win this game? Fine, Joe. I never in a million years would put my money on Tampa. Now That's it's not number. one of my five, but you have right. my full-fledged endorsement on that game. I would play Carolina if I were betting a game. Now, you gave out a weird pick. I'm going to give out a weird pick because okay. I think, Joe, this is the sucker bet of the week. The Kansas oh. City Chiefs laying mm. less than a field goal against the San Francisco 49ers off a loss. Everybody going to line up to go and take Mahomes. Everybody going to go and line up and take the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the numbers over the last few years. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, when they were an underdog, they're covering it like 70% of the clip. That is a perfect, perfect buy-low spot for San Fran. Also, you throw in the revenge angle of the Super Bowl. From a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago where San Francisco had the big lead. Kansas City came storming back. Kansas City ended up winning the game. Let's be real about Kansas City. Buffalo didn't play a great game last week. I had Buffalo last week. They didn't play great. They made plays late. Kansas City is not the same team. You said it a few minutes ago without Tyree Kill. Because if you double team Kelsey at the end of these games, Mahomes, as great as he is, The trust level with Smith-Schuster and Valdez-Scantling and and uh, Hardman, whoever you want to throw out there, it's not the same as Mahomes throwing a ball to Tyreek Hill. I think the Niners get at least a guy or two back on defense. And the fact that everyone is pounding the Chiefs and Vegas says, yep, we are content and comfortable to keep this line right where it's at, at two and a half, it is a sucker. It is a trap. I I I can see it from a mile away, Joe. It's weird, but I'm going with the Niners. I think they upset Kansas City.
4: Interesting. Interesting. Two teams that are not as good as their reputation suggests they are. Interesting. Interesting pick, bro. I like it. All right. Here's another weird one. All right. I'm taking the WFT, getting four and a half at home against the absolutely brutal Green Bay Packers. Now, I'd like it a little better if Wentz was playing, but then again, maybe I don't. I don't maybe know if I'm, you like
1: it better with Wentz maybe playing. Maybe I don't know about that, Tyler, Joe. I don't know Henneke. about that.
4: You know, the Washington comes off a win last week. It was an ugly, <laughs> couldn't get any uglier against the Bears, but they won that game on Thursday night. I just think Green Bay stinks, bro. I mean, you, you're telling me that you could, they're, a, they're a four and a half point road favorite? Please. The Packers are. The Packers are on their way to a, an under-500 team. They have absolutely no offensive weapons whatsoever. They got a mediocre offensive line. I've seen them four weeks in a row. So I, I'm telling you, you know, I, I, they were fortunate to beat Tampa. They were fortunate to beat New England. They got they, they blew the game. They, they had a bleed against the Giants. They blew the game, and the Jets beat the, destroyed them. Okay? This, is, this team is not any good. Like I said, no offensive weapons. They got a terrible offensive line. They got an okay defense. And they got a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. The frustration level is off the charts. And oh, by the way, one of the most overrated coaches of football and Mike LaFour. I'm taking Washington plus four and a half. I don't care if it's Tyler Henneke, Sonny Jorgensen, Norm Sneed, Billy Kilmer, doesn't mean Mark Rippon. I don't give a damn who Ryan Fitzpatrick. Give me the commanders plus four and a half at home. Against the Packers. That's my fourth one.
1: Listen, we should have been fading the Packers for weeks. It would have made us a lot of money. That is a very overrated football team. No question. That is a team that is a far cry from what they were over the last two years. All right, Joe. I think it's the first time I've taken this team all year. Okay. So with my third pick, it is a division game. I love the Tennessee Titans at Mm -hmm. home laying two Mm -hmm. and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis is coming Mm -hmm. off back-to-back wins. Tennessee is well-rested. Derrick Henry has looked much better in his last two games. And if you look historically, Mike Vrabel, since he's gone to Tennessee, has owned the Indianapolis Colts. They beat them earlier in the year. I think they're going to sweep them again. The fact Mm -hmm. that everyone's lining up to take the Colts, getting the plus two and a half is fine by me. The Titans are not as good as they were last year, the year before that, and the year before that. But you know what I know about them, Joe? They're a well-coached team. And I think off of a bye, you're going to see a very focused, a very determined, and a very good-looking football team that's not making mistakes, that's not beating themselves. I think they get to Matt Ryan. I think their dominance over Indy continues. I only got to win by a field goal. Sign me up right right now. I'm on Tennessee, lane two and a half in game three.
4: Beautiful. All right, my final pick. This
1: is my lot. You got you got two more, by the way. Two more. Oh, no, that's Oh, not, no, I'm Bengals. Not. You're right about that. The Bengals. Uh, Giants, so
4: far, Giants, Bengals, Panthers, Commanders. That's
1: right. I, I can't count. You know, Syracuse education sometimes doesn't work well for us. What I, can I, bro, I say? I,
4: I totally get it. Hey, by the way, hold on. Syracuse is undefeated. I, undefeated.
1: I, right. Okay? And playing quite Clemson. a huge game against Clemson. 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 How about this for a Saturday, Joe? Syracuse, what time, what time Clemson. What time is that game? High noon. Right wow. into the Yankee game at
4: five o'clock. Wow! Fantastic, Dino Dino Babers, Coach of the Year, unbelievable. All right, this is my lock of the week. Uh, yeah, this could be fourteen points, and I'd still go with it. The Patriots laying eight against the Bears at home Monday night. They will kill the Bears. I mean, I, this, this, this Bailey Zappy, who had the big game last, you know, he had his unbelievable game last week. He threw for three touchdowns. You know, all of that. I mean, all, you know, they kill Cleveland, another paper team, all right? The Bears think. And it, Belichick will destroy them, you know? And, and you know, getting ready for the ass whooping he's going to get the following week, and we'll get into that. But with that said, I love the Pats here. Eight points, it could be 15 points, and I love the Pats here. The Bears are terrible. Uh, New England wins this game. If And don't be shocked that they shut them out like they did the Lions. I can see this game. Twenty-four nothing New England. Give me give me the pats on Monday night, lane eight.
1: So that gets my full-fledged endorsement. That's gonna be my knockout mm-hmm. pick. I would prefer if it's Zappy over Mac Jones. Like that's the only thing that would scare oh, me in that Zappy,
4: game. Wait a minute, Mac Jones
1: is playing? It's possible. I think it's gonna be Zappy, but it's possible. Zappy's
4: playing. Let me tell you right now, bro, Zappy will play until further notice.
1: He should. Right. He should. Right. If yep. you're the Patriots, because Mac Jones is turning the football over. And the Patriots, much like your team, it's about the running game and the defense with them. That's how they're going to be successful. Uh, This is the first time I've done this yet so far this year, Joe. I'm doing it right now. I'm taking my team, laying the seven against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's
4: kind of a big number. It's It's a big number,
1: number, but I think the number Mm -hmm. speaks volumes because I think a lot of people would say, oh, the Dolphins, they've lost three in a row. This, This shouldn't be a touchdown. Pittsburgh just beat Tampa Bay. Well, Pickett's going to play more than likely if he clears concussion protocol. The Dolphin defense last week played a fantastic game. I know you look at the stat line, the score sheet or whatever. They played a fantastic game. Uh, missed field goal, killed the Dolphins. A Jalen Waddle fumble, as you know, because you got cost and that burned you in that game. Cost yep. the Miami Dolphins. Yep. They, get Armst- yep. Joe, they get Armstead back, their top offensive lineman, and she they get playing. the Prince back at quarterback. and. It is the 50th anniversary celebration of the 1972 Dolphins. The
4: undefeated team. They're all going to
1: be there. They're all going to be there. Mercury, Zaga. All my favorites. All your boys in the throwback jerseys and the Steelers off of a win. I don't see it. This is going to be a coming out party. I think it's going to be a feel-good story, feel-good day in South Florida. And, Joe, I'm going to have all sorts of Ajita. Because I will have the Dolphins and the Yankees oh my God. side by side well, you both know what? Maybe playing night.
4: Maybe the Yankees will be down 3-0. It won't matter. Ah, uh, well listen. <laughs> if they are,
1: then they're getting the second TV if they're down 3-0. Right. But I'm taking right. the Dolphins. I think it's a big day for them. I'll lay seven.
4: Yeah, I the only thing I look, I think I think Miami wins the game. I I I seven's a big number. I I do worry a little bit with that number. That that's the only thing I would say about that game.
1: Yeah, and I guess if there's a counter to that, it's the question of how Tua is going to look right. first game back right. in a couple weeks. Right. But he may be a little rusty, Joe. When you got Tyree Kill and you got Jalen Waddell, that can knock the rust off pretty quickly. That is true. With that those true. two guys, you can knock off the rust pretty quickly. Um, And I think he's going to feed off the crowd and play to the crowd. So to, to recap here, Joe and I heads up on the giant Jacksonville game. We are riding together. With Cincinnati. My other three, I got San Fran plus two and a half, Tennessee minus two and a half. The Dolphins for the first time this year laying a touchdown for Joe. The other three, he's got Carolina plus 11. He has the WFT or the Commanders at four and a half. (laughs) And then he has the New England Patriots laying the eight. So one family play, one heads up play, and then the board is kind of split across the board. So hopefully a winning week seven. But, yes. Joey, final thought. This is now a conversation we are having before Game 2 of the ALCS. Yes. Yes. I'm doing right. all my football, all my baseball stuff beforehand, so anybody who's listening to this right now, you already know what I'm thinking about Game 2. Do you think the Yankees have a legitimate shot in this series, or are they just totally outclassed, in your opinion?
4: Well, I think they got a legitimate shot, but I don't think they're going to win. I, I just think this team is a, you know, is an all-time team. Uh, you know, even last night, you know, you got, obviously, obviously Verlander, you know, was phenomenal. But I Donaldson,
1: mean, Donaldson and Carbona killed him. Second and yes, third one they, out, they, Joe, you have to score there. You got the great yep, pitcher on yep, the ropes. Yep. You know how it goes. If you don't get yep. those guys early, they settle in them. and they're going to mow you. Yeah.
4: But I mean, they got, but the offense last night was guys that, you know, I mean, they're getting it from, uh, you know, Gurriel. Uh, who's the McCormick, other guy
1: Maldonado. McCormick, Ugh.
4: Kenya, Kenya Ugh. you know. Just, and, and here's the other thing I'd be a little worried about, too, with, with Houston. You know, Altuve's done nothing so far in the playoffs. Uh, Which he's is been insane. Very, you know it's only
1: a matter of time before that guy's right. going to hit. Well, only a matter it, of time.
4: He'll do it on, on game three when the Yankees start booming him. The Yankee Stadium crowd starts getting on him. but
1: Yeah, he'll probably uh, hit a bomb in the left center field against Cole.
4: Look, I saw before you I even I get I, a
1: beer in my hand sitting in the crowd, you know?
4: Right. Well, I saw you on SNY I actually pick them in six. See, uh, it just Houston. goes to
1: show you, I'm not one of these guys waving no. pom-poms. Neither are you. I own it. I don't think they win in the series, bro. I don't.
4: Yeah, I, I think Houston. I think Houston is. I mean, look, this team has been in the League in the championship series every year since 2017. You know, they've been to three World Series. They only won one. They need to win another one. I, I just, I don't see them not winning at all this year. I just don't. I think they're the best team in baseball. They got a terrific uh, pitching staff, and they, you know, they, they get the big hit when they need it, and they got the most dangerous hitter, in, you know, this side of Aaron Judge and and Alvarez. So, uh, you know. I I don't know. I think the Yankees will win a couple games. I don't know if they're winning tonight. I don't know if they're gonna win tonight. That doesn't mean they still couldn't win the series, but see, I See, I, I think
1: they need to they need to be up, Joe, three games to two. I've said this yeah. over and over again. Yeah, they have they to They will up three not You're right. under any circumstance win six no. and seven in Houston. No way. Right. No yeah. way. Yeah. So I'm with we, you. We shall see. It seems like we both like the Astros and I hope we're both wrong. And by about the way, that. can I
4: just make one basketball point? Yes, you can. Okay. How, did, how can the Brooklyn Nets lose to the Pelicans at home on opening night by basically 30 points? And basically
1: not show up for the first quarter and a half. Today, how is that possible? Well, the, it, team, the team's all, DNA and fabric is broken, bro.
4: They are well, broken. Well, let, me, let me say this. The first thing that I – if I am uh, – what's his name? Uh, who's the, who's the uh, GM again? I Marks, the guy. Marks. Marks. That's your Mark. If I, the first thing I do is Steve Nash has got to go. Get him out. 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 Out, and I'm not a net fan, but you got Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie Irving, now you got Ben Simmons on his team, and you and I understand, you know, uh, uh, Williamson's playing for the Pelicans. You can't lose on opening night at home by 30 to the goddamn Pelicans. I'm sorry, I hope I, I can swear like that, but I'm t- I'm not a net fan. But that's a disgrace.
1: I don't disagree. I well, do not that's disagree. A and listen, they get off to a rocky start. You and I both know Steve Nash, who lives in my neighborhood. Uh, he'll be putting his house on or his apartment on the market. Nash is a it's a little out of my coach. price range, Joe, but you know, maybe you never know. Data dream. Steve, they had a dream. Steve
4: Nash is an absolutely horrible head coach. There's no doubt. I mean, there's, there's no, he's absolutely brutal. Case closed.
1: Joe Beningo, job well done. I'm rooting hard for that Cincinnati pick. You do. You do with the Giants. If the Giants win again and cost me another game, I'm done. I won't do it again. Best of luck to you, Jets. You know I'm going to have a very busy weekend, and I will talk to you next week. All right, amigo?
4: Well, all the love. Stefan, five and two. Here we go, baby.
1: All of it. Arthur Caesar up next. We go from the great Joe Beningo to our guy in the desert. Superbook, Westgate extraordinaire. Our greater of picks. Vegas
2: wise guy, my main man, Arthur season What's up, buddy? How you doing? JJ, doing good, my friend. Ugly, ugly f- games this week. But, you know, we still got to talk about them and pick them. And, uh, yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, people are mocking the primetime schedule this week, Art. Let's be honest. All the games stink this week. Outside yeah. of Kansas City and San Francisco, you can't find me a marquee game on the slate. You can't do
2: it. I totally agree. All the games are bad, man. I mean, Unless you know you're a Dolphin fan, you'll be tuned into the Dolphins. I'm a Giant fan; I'll be tuned into to the Giants. I mean, Colts and Titans is okay, I guess, but I mean, it's okay. Yeah, the games are not, nothing to write home about. Uh, before we get into the Week Seven card,
1: liability for you guys, NLCS, is it Philadelphia or
2: San Diego? No, right now it's Philadelphia, but we're also in a in a weird position before. The playoffs started. All the teams were announced. We knew who was going to be in. We took a really big bet on San Diego to win the NL and to win the World Series. Wow! And, I mean, and that was before the, the plan. Yeah, wow. and okay. we're talking. We're talking. These are going to be six-figure payouts on both. So we're actually pulling for Philadelphia, like. We don't mind if we lose on the Philly series and they get to the World Series because it knocks out those two big tickets. Obviously, San Diego gets the World Series. That guy cashes the pennant. And then he's sitting there with a big hedge in the World Series. So we're actually pulling for Philadelphia.
1: So we're taping this right before game two of the ALCS. Or if the Yankees win... I still think the Astros will be favored for the series. I think it would be like minus 120, minus 115, give or take. Um, and if the Astros win, I, I think Houston will be like minus, what, like 300, 350. How do you see it shaking out series price one way or another?
2: Well, how about this, JJ? Houston's up one zero. We have the minus 320.
1: Wow, I didn't see a series price today. It's that high? Yeah, we have wow. Houston. yeah. part of me, mm-hmm. Art, and we're doing this right before game two, and full disclosure, I don't think the Yankees are winning this series. That number, bro, I almost want to get in on the Yankees at that number.
2: I know, it, it, it's definitely a juicy price, but that's just how we feel about Houston. Houston is, and it's funny, because the Yankees always take money. They're a national team. People see the Yankees with plus money. It was the same way game one. They saw... Oh, Yankees plus money. I don't care who the pitcher is. They're going against Verlander. People want to load up on the Yankees. It's always the way it is. But man, we just, even if the Yankees win tonight and they tie this series up, you're right. Houston will still be a favorite. They'll probably still, they'll probably almost get back to the original series price of like minus 160, despite the 1-1 tie. Right now, minus 320.
1: That is crazy, my man. That is crazy. Okay. Okay. Um, before I give you Joe's picks and my picks, sucker bet of the week. If there's one, what would it be, amigo?
2: I think the sucker bet and the fishy one you got to look out for is, I don't think Vegas should be that big of a favorite. Houston's been spunky. You're getting the key number of seven. I know the Raiders are coming off a bye, but Houston is also coming off a bye. Raiders normally play well at home. I, I'm I'm into that aspect of it. I just think it's too many points. I wouldn't be in a hurry to lay seven with Vegas.
1: Do we think Vegas right now are, is misreading the two local teams in town because of what the perception has been around them for a long period of time? Uh, because the Giants this week are still on the dogs against Jacksonville. The Jets, all right, they're getting more respect this week. They're a one-point dog against the Denver Broncos. But last week, I thought that Packer jet line was completely out of whack. You think the odds makers are
2: kind of not giving the New York teams enough credit here? I don't think there's any question about it. But this week, I've seen a change, at least from the Jet perspective. We actually have Jets pick them right now. And there are places around town, Circa being one of them, Jets favored by one.
1: Wow. See, that to me, uh, and, and I like the Jets. I think they're going to win the game. thats an, I think that's a little bit of an overreaction, don't you? I
2: totally agree. Now, the Giant thing is interesting to me. The Giants have been, you know, last week people were on the Ravens, so the Giants have been good for us as bookmakers. You know, the people have not wanted to bet the Giants yet. You know, the Jets have been bigger underdogs in some of these spots and had some of these outright wins that will, like, kill money lines and kill teasers and all that type of stuff. You haven't seen the respect come yet for the Giants, at least this week. A lot of respect in the market for the Jets this weekend. It wasn't even sharp money that came in on three. I mean, it wasn't even public money that came in on three. A lot of sharp players took the Jets when it opened three.
1: Interesting. And I bet you get a lot of public players taking the Giants this week. That's my guess.
2: Oh, that's, to me, there's a couple of, couple of games, two of the games that are real pro and Joe's splits. That's one of them. Jacksonville is going to be a complete sharp side. Pro bettors are going to take Jacksonville when it was two and a half and it opened. They obviously ate up the two and a half, got to three. Public will end up coming in and taking the Giants going, wait, they're five and one. They're five and one against the spread. And people still look at Jacksonville like, hey, it's Jacksonville. So I think the Giants will be a very public side this week.
1: Now it's time, Art. My picks, Beningo's picks. We have one that we are riding together. There is another we are heads up on. We are heads up on the, J- on the Giant-Jaguar game. Third week in a row, I'm going against the Giants. Didn't have success against the Packers. Didn't have success against the Ravens. Hopefully the third time's the charm. So I got Jacksonville, Tennessee, Cincinnati, San Fran, plus two and a half. And then my beloved Dolphins for the first time laying seven. Beningo has the Giants with together on the Bengals, Carolina, Commanders, and the Patriots. So for week seven, we both went three and two last week. Whose picks you like more?
2: Yeah, exactly. A lot of good picks on the pod last week. I know I gave you the blessing, and I was happy to see you have a winning week. I'll start with Joe this week. Man, I, he's going to keep picking the Giants. You're going to keep going against them. I'm I continue to go against the Giants. I can't get there. I think eventually regression comes with this giant team. So I think Jacksonville gets it done. So obviously that's going to be an X next to him and a check next to you. I'm giving you both the blessing on the Bengals. I like the Bengals a lot at home this week. You know, obviously there's a lot being made of. Atlanta, six and all against the spread. It doesn't happen a lot. Now this is like the 10th team in 30 years to get that far through the season undefeated against the spread. Bengals are good at home. Bengals are also sneaky, four and two against the spread. I like the Bengals at home too. I think Atlanta finally takes a step back. against I mean, the Art, spread.
1: sooner or later. Yeah. Bro. Sooner or to. later. And isn't everybody going to catch on to that trend that they've covered every single game? Yes.
2: Of course. And you and I both know there's, se- listen, if that team finishes, 11 and six or 12 and five against the spread. That's an incredible year that they had. You know what I mean? Like for a team to cover that many games in the NFL, usually teams are right around the 500 mark ATS. So Atlanta's been great for betters. I think it ends this week. I can understand Joe taking the Panthers. I can't get there myself personally. That's a divisional dog getting over 10 points 10, 10 and a half, 11, whatever you're getting at. And Tampa's a mess. I know Carolina is a mess, but Joe probably looks at it like it's too many points. To me, it's not terrible. I would never make the bet, but I understand it. The commanders Green Bay game is very interesting. This is the other game that is going to be very public and very Joe and very sharp and Joe type stuff. Obviously the public's going to be all over Green Bay. Sharp came in on the commanders plus five and a half. It's now four and a half. I think they like that they're at home. Green Bay doesn't look that good. And I think the quarterback is maybe an upgrade. Wentz isn't good. Henneke's played there. He's done some things. I can understand that pick. And yeah, how can you not go against the Bears on Monday night? Now you've missed the best number. You know, the Sharps came in and bet New England at seven. They bet them at seven and a half. It's now eight. You know, New England, there's about six teams this week that are in the touchdown range. There's going to be a lot of six and seven point teasers taking those teams down. I think that's one of them. I can get behind Joe on that. I think Joe's picks are pretty good. I like them. Now I'm going to you. Tennessee, you're on the right side of Tennessee. It's all sharp money on Tennessee this week. It just is. Minus one and a half, minus two. It's now two and a half. Tennessee comes off a bye. They'll be at home. You obviously want to know if Taylor's playing, but Taylor looks like he'll play for the Colts. And the Titans, who have already beaten them this year, they own the Colts since Vrabel's been the coach. I like the Titans spot there. We talked about Tennessee. I'm riding with you on Jacksonville again because I think the Giants finally finally slip slip up here. San Francisco and obviously Kansas City, interesting, best game of the week as we talked about. We have two and a half. It did get to three for a moment for us. Money came back on San Francisco at three. You know Kansas City will be very public. Two and four against the spread. They're having trouble covering games again. That's what happens with Kansas City. If we get to three and three and a half, because it could get there with all the public money, there will be buyback on San Francisco. Honestly, I don't know about San Francisco, so I'm kind of out on that pick. Miami, you got to like Miami this week. That's another one of those, right in the seven range. Now, we have seven minus 120, so we're making you pay the minus 120. We don't want to get to seven and a half. We know there will be a lot of money that comes in. On Pittsburgh, at seven and a half. They're a public team that way. I like both of your picks, four and one on both, but since you have Jacksonville and he has the Giants, I'm taking you again this week, my friend.
1: I like the sound of that. Art. Hopefully that means another winning week. Before you say goodbye, your time to shine. The four is yours. What do we got?
2: Yeah, we got to do it. We won last week, three and three. We got to get on a roll here. I want to get on a roll. Taking one of your picks, teasing it down. Like I said, there's a lot of these seven-point spots where you can tease them basically to a pick em. We're doing a six-and-a-half point this week because normally – we do the six, but we, there's one game where we want to get over the seven. Cincinnati, minus six and a half at home. We're going to make it a pick I just need them to win the game. They don't got to cover the game. Win by three. That's all I care about. Just do what you got to do, Cincinnati. I think Atlanta takes a step back this week. I like the Bengals at home. And then, like I said, I see ones out there. You're going to give me the Jets minus one? You're going to let me tease Denver through seven at home? JJ, that look-ahead line for us was Denver minus three and a half. Now I'm sitting there with basically a 10-point swing. I got to take Denver at home plus seven and a half. If the Jets beat me, they beat me. I just, I know Denver has been awful, but their defense is good. I like their defense. So a two-team, six-and-a-half-point teaser, Cincinnati at home as a pick Denver at home plus seven and a half.
1: Arthur Caesar, Superbook extraordinaire. Thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll chat next week. Let's cash some more this weekend. All right, baby? JJ, let's cash some tickets and go Yankees. I like the sound of that. From the Caesar to Jason Katz before we say goodbye. So before we say goodbye, week seven, we got to have you covered every which way. Fantasy Perspective, Pro Football Network, our weekly spot with Mr. Kitty, Jason Katz. Hello, sir. How are you?
7: I am doing well. As always, a joy to be
1: here. Are you expecting, number one, an uptick? for a lot of the Dallas Cowboys skill position players now that one Dakota Prescott will be back on the center come Sunday.
7: Yeah, I remember last week you asked me about whether Cooper Russ should possibly remain the starter. And you see what happened last week? This is what happens when you you need that quarterback to really bring you back. The Cowboys trailed throughout that entire game. Can you imagine Dak Prescott only throwing for 181 yards in negative game script the whole way? Yeah, this boosts everybody
1: on the Cowboys. So we have two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two all-time quarterbacks who right now, Jason, are an a nightmare from a fantasy perspective. Now you called this with Aaron Rodgers preseason. I give you credit there. Brady, I, I thought, you know, he's Brady. The guy's the ageless wonder, but Giselle, guys not being in the lineup, whatever the case may be, they've been awful. Who is more likely To find fantasy relevance, meaning top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback by the end of the year, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, who's more likely to bounce back fantasy-wise?
7: It's a fascinating question because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is like is done. I think he's still good. The issue is he doesn't have any weapons. Brady, I think, is done, and I think he's mentally checked out, but he has all the weapons. So I think those can kind of make him work better than what Rodgers can do because the reality is as if Rodgers plays to the highest level possible, he can only throw to what he has to work with. And what he has to work with is a bunch of guys who should be wide receiver threes and fours masquerading as ones and twos, whereas Brady has two wide receiver ones and then a couple more guys who are legit wide receiver threes. Uh, so I'm going to take Brady, but I don't really like either of these guys the rest of the season.
1: Jason, one more before we do the matchups. I got a bunch of tweets from people who wanted me to ask you this question, tight end this year. There were a couple of really good guys. You know who they are. Kelsey, if you have them, God bless. Andrews, if you have them, God bless. But like the rest of the position, dude, it is is just impossible to get guys who are going to give you seven and eight points consistently. Is there a strategy now to what you should look to do if you don't have one of those tight ends? Like, I mean, a guy like Mike Kosicki had two touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised, Jason, against the Steelers if he doesn't have a catch this week. You know what I mean? Like, it's that volatile. How do you suggest for anybody out there, how do you handle tight end?
7: Travis Kelsey is averaging 21.8 fantasy points per game. Mark Andrews, 19.1. The gap between Andrews and the tight end three, which is Zach Ertz, is six fantasy points per game. I mean, that is a cavern. It's just massive. If you don't have Kelsey or Andrews, it doesn't matter who you have. I mean, Taysom Hill is the tight end five by points per game, and he had he had over half of his points in one game. It's tight end is simply, you're putting out a guy who you just hope for a touchdown. And if he doesn't, you're probably getting like four points. And there's really nothing you can do because there aren't any guys that are reliable other than those top two guys. Yeah, we have guys that we like, like Tyler Higby and David Njoku and Pat Fryermuth, But these guys are still, they still have the floor of of two or three points per week. Whereas Kelsey and Andrews, their floors are much higher and they have the highest ceilings. So you're just kind of stuck with what you got if you don't have one of those two guys.
1: And I think you're going to see people prioritize those two guys. Not that they didn't last year, but now it's to a different extreme. It's to a different level. All right, bro. Quarterback. Must start. Who are we avoiding? Week seven. Let's get it. Starting Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers are pretty easy to figure out.
7: They have a 51% neutral game script pass rate. That bumps up to 72% in negative game script against the Chiefs. Jimmy G, probably going to have to throw, probably going to be trailing for a bit. Uh Chiefs allow the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, so Jimmy G is your top streamer of the week. On the other side, Jared Goff, who has been fantastic this year. 19.7 points per game, QB6 on the year. Cowboys allow the seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. It's just a bad spot for him. Micah Parsons is going to be a menace. Dak is back. Might be a negative game script. Some turnovers, some sacks. Don't want Jared Goff
1: this week. No Jared Goff in on Jimmy Garoppolo. I, for one, will be streaming Jimmy Garoppolo in a league this week. So I like the sound of that. All right, Jason, running back. Let's hear it.
7: All right. Uh, I can tell you, Ezekiel Elliott, but you're probably starting him anyway. So we're going Tony Pollard. It's been a nightmare to figure like out when that, to start I like that, by him. the way.
1: Okay, I like that. I like yeah.
7: that. It, it, it's, it's tough. You got, you, it's, it's been a challenge every week to figure out when to start Pollard. But this week, this is as good as it gets. The Lions have been downright awful against the run. They are allowing 5.5 yards per carry. They allow the second most fantasy points to running backs, and we've got Dak back. So I love Tony Pollard. On the other side, the rookie, Brian Robinson. Awesome kid. Great story. 17 carries for 60 yards last week. That's fine. But if he didn't score that touchdown after that muff punt, we're talking six fantasy points. Not a single target in either of his two games. Commanders are now with... The backup quarterback and Taylor Heineke and Ron Rivera said they need to get Antonio Gibson involved more. I believe him. JD McKissick still the passing down back. Brian Robinson is going to be just a touchdown or bust RB3 this week.
1: Now, Jason, wide receiver. Last but not least, all-important wide receiver. What are we looking at, dude?
7: Second with a rookie and Alec Pierce. This is a great spot for the Colts wide receiver. I'm putting him
1: into a starting lineup right now as we speak. So thank you for that. I like that.
7: I, it's, yeah, it's just he's set up well. Played a season-high 71% of the snaps last week. He caught the game-winning touchdown, which I'm sure will earn him some favor. Titans allow the second-most fantasy points to wide receivers, and 67.8% of their receiving yards allowed have gone to wide receivers. So Alec Pierce, a great start this week. On the other side, Juju Smith-Schuster. Five catches, buck 13, a touchdown last week. But that touchdown, fluky 42-yarder due to badness tackles. If he doesn't score there, we're looking at another you know usual five-catch, 70, 80 yards, which is fine. But he still has just an 18.5% target share on the season. 8.5 average depth of target. He's just an underneath guy. He needs that splash fight. He needs to create it himself. He's going to get it like he did last week. Not backing that it Happen again. 49ers allowing the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Do not chase last week's points with Juju.
1: Jason Katz, Pro Football Network, always bringing the heat each and every football Friday. Buddy, for anybody who has late, last-minute fantasy questions, a lot of good teams, a lot of good players on by this week. They're going to need you. Where can they find you on Twitter?
7: Yep, I'm on Twitter at jasoncats 13 Feel free to DM me, tweet at me. Happy to answer any questions. And if you want to join the PFN Discord, chat with me every day and I'll I'll talk to you there as well.
1: He's a man of the people. What can I say? Jason, good stuff. We will chat next week.
7: I look forward to it as always.
1: There you have it. That's our Football Friday portion of New York, New York. We're back Saturday after Yankees-Astros game three. Probably about 30 to 40 minutes after the last out is recorded. We'll go on live, Spotify live. We will post it as a podcast as soon as we're done. Sunday, you're going to have to deal with me. Yankees, Dolphins, we're not doing anything until both of those games end. And then I'll be a man of the people. Great work by Stefan. I need a day off tomorrow. I need a good round of golf tomorrow. It has been a grind these last couple of weeks, but I love it. I live for it. JJ out. Enjoy your weekend. Be good, everybody.
2: Once covid happened, I was just like I'm I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.
5: This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes